Cricket Scotland and um, and the staff have had it have had it tough um, in the last year or so. But there are so many people um, doing such a good job uh, there today. Thank you for uh, joining me on episode 42 of Halfway Up Middle. Pete, we are uh, we're flying. We are adding on these pods like Ollie Hares adds on Man of the Match Awards, mate. We are... Unbelievable. Uh, it's funny how you say episode 42 with a slight pause because you can't keep up with just how many number of podcasts there have been over such a short space of time. I'm sure everybody's gasping to hear a bit of Matty Parker first time anybody's ever used that quote in their life but uh, unfortunately you're stuck with the two of us yet again yes mate um, so for the sports fans who don't know um, we were together at Rayburn Place today um, where we witnessed Scotland's um, second highest ever T20 score um, the joint highest individual T20 score and some fantastic cricket, mate. How impressed were you with that performance? I mean, it, it, it was exceptional, really, because when you think about it, before the start of the game today, I think a lot of people in the Scottish cricketing community and wider European community would have would have said, this could be a potential real banana skin. I mean, Italy looked like a really fantastic side against Ireland, missing a couple of key players. Those key players have come back. They've gone and got a really good result against Jersey. If anything, they've beaten Jersey by a more comprehensive scoreline than what we we achieved a couple of days before it. And then we've lost the toss, been sent in on a Monday morning. And uh, and produced an incredible performance. One of the great, um, and yeah, you can one of the you can say, well, it's Italy, it's Italy with Wayne Manson, with Grant Stewart, with Gareth Burr, with Benjamin Minetti. That's four established uh, first class cricketers, people who with who, who've got hundreds of uh, first class list day experience, and um, you know our boys have gone out there and really delivered um, a performance that's exceptional. So yeah, absolutely thrilled with that. I don't know how you feel about it, Liam. It was brilliant. It was a great day, um, and more importantly, Pierre, uh, we managed to grab our first live inverted commas interview with the Scotland player. Um, we managed to grab Chris Soul uh, with. Uh, got that interview, which will follow at the end of this pod, folks. So if you want to um, hang on and find out a little bit more about Soli, the man of the moment, uh, then it'll be at the end. And uh, Soli, I don't know if you'll listen to this one, um, but if he does, thank you for your time today and uh, thank you for being so generous with us. What I really enjoyed about that that little spiel you did there, Liam, was how you thought that everybody could hear you do the inverted commas. And then you paused and said inverted commas because it it was it was quite magical there. 
um, for me, it's a it's a really good interview. It's a bit of fun, but um, Chris Sol was wearing an incredibly tight pair of white, sort of cream coloured chinos. Um, and there is a question in there that sort of talks about dress sense, and it makes me feel that. I mean, I I like the chinos, but I think if you asked his colleagues about his dress sense, you know, some people might suggest that uh, he comes bottom of the rung when it comes to that. But who knows? Uh, but no, it was great to have his time. And um, yeah, hopefully we can squeeze in a few more of these player interviews um, over the next wee while. Absolutely. So getting to the cricket, mate. Cold day, early morning, like you say, lost the toss and in they went. And the runs just started to fly off the bat, in particular Ollie Hares, causing some structural damage pretty much all over Port Gower. Um, did give a chance, early doors. Pete, we were both there, we saw it happen. Um, I think Wayne Madsen yep. just cost uh, just uh, cost about 110 runs. It seemed that way. And that, you know, um, Ollie is often a candidate, and I don't you don't want to give this away too much. I would say if you're playing against Ollie, if you've got a short third and a deep third early on in the innings, that's a big area where he sends the ball an awful lot when he's not quite striking it clean. It'll be an outside edge that'll maybe fly away to a a, a you know a short third man or even if he catches it harder on, on that sort of deep third man boundary. That for me, that catch, and I think it was widely agreed, the keeper should have gone gone for that catch. And consequently, his lack of confidence in going for the ball meant that Madsen was never really settled under the ball. I don't think he even touched it, really, until it was down on the deck. Um, and yeah, and from there, it was just explosive hitting all around the ground. You know, that, that was the thing. In that innings against Germany, he was hitting a lot of good straight balls. Today, there was a lot of straight stuff, but there wasn't half a few going through the covers. I remember there was a couple off the back foot through the covers. There was a few that he just ticked off his toes um, down to the sort of fine leg boundary and a few over that kind of traditional cow corner boundary, one of which was particularly impressive. Got a lot of whooping in the um, in the media tent, I know, with some you know high-profile names actually saying, geez, that is a hell of a hit with, with the one that basically went Beyond, almost beyond the tennis courts, um, which was quite a hit, was it not, Liam? Yeah, so we just said it was slightly longer on the tennis court side today and there was a large net up, which I think is up all the time, basically, to protect yeah. the tennis players. It's cleared that. Uh, it's cleared all of the tennis court and hit the back wall on the further side on the full at some pace. It's an absolute massive six. I've seen some nonsense, which you always get on uh, Facebook and Twitter from fans overseas uh, going on about it would have been a small pitch. It would have been, um, it's only Italy. Well, how wrong they are. Um, but it was a six on any ground in any country in the world. Um, but yes, talking about the press tent, mate, made my debut in there today. Um, it was yeah. made to feel at ease by some uh, press box royalty, some young lads in there as well that were very good. And then the big hitter herself, Mel Farrell, um, came in uh, all 144,000 followers that she has. And she, do you know what? She was brilliant in there today, wasn't she, mate? Absolute entertainment nonstop. Um, made me realise that actually talking complete nonsense about cricket in a press box is something that 
everybody else does. Um, and yeah, she was a great source of entertainment, just a lot of story time about, you know, various other press boxes and hospitality and just so, and, and a real bastion for the associate game, but somebody who's a very high profile um, person within cricket media, you know, across the world. Um, and to be, you know, talking it with such great praise about Scotland, about Cricket Scotland, about the people in the press box. But yeah, it was great to see her. It was obviously, you know, Gary Heatley was there again, um, full of, you know, f- full of good chat as well there. And you've got, and there was also the young, the, the lad uh, O'Neill on the BBC feed. Um, he was full of, uh, full of joy. There was a lot of baiting of the North of England, actually, in that, in that press box today, which was quite entertaining. Um, maybe we were being a bit harsh on a, uh, on Tom from Cricket Scotland a bit about uh, about about his uh, his 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 loyalties and the likes, but um, but no, it was a lot of fun, was it not, Liam? It was, it was, and it was good. You know what? <clears throat> Cricket Scotland and um, and the staff have had it have had it tough um, in the last year or so, but there are so many people um, doing such a good job uh, there today. Um, Nick Wilson, who we, who we met early doors. Um, the lads that were running the All Stars uh, spoke quickly to uh, Blair Carnegie. So, um, like Tony McKenna there as well, and some of the other All Stars coaches as well. Uh, you know, their first thing dragging out the kit, setting up, and and running the running uh, the show with the youngsters at that side of the pitch. And uh, Kenny Crichton spoke to him as well, and George Burns, and all these people that are going um, uh, above and beyond. Uh, to to put on a show at uh, Grange and the lads on the park performed, so it was a, it was a great day, a great advert for anyone that was down there. Um, Liam, did you ever think you'd have a day where you were sat at the Grange and Charles Patterson, a, a man you'd have probably spent the best part of your childhood watching on Sky Sports News, um, making bringing you cups of tea? And uh, and biscuits for you, and talking about cricket with, with you know, it's it, it's sort of felt quite surreal, didn't it? At various points, I thought when it was like, you know, you thought here comes here comes a cup of tea and uh, breaking news, Celtic have signed so and so and so and so or whatever it was, you know what I mean? But no, no, um, it was it, 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 I, you know, you know, we don't want to be on this podcast and just saying oh, and being kind of these huge cheerleaders for cricket Scotland, and probably people know that in the past we've not always been super full of praise for these guys but this week it really i know we've talked about it a lot but they do deserve so much praise it is it it, it was so great to watch the, the organization in full swing and the people that surround it really demonstrating how much they care and how much they want to make the sport thrive in the country and that 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 was undoubtedly true yeah here here would would totally agree with uh, everything you said there, mate. One other person that uh, performed today and showed um, their class, uh, Brandon McMullen. Um, yeah, an absolutely fantastic innings from him. Just felt four short of what would be a well-deserved hundred. Um, some of the shots he played today, my days. The the timing, the noise from the bat, um, the cricket intelligence to spot gaps that you just. Didn't see that shot coming. One in particular, it was like it wasn't a no look, but it it looked like it from our position, like he's it's like a no look reverse flick of uh, Gareth Berg for six over what would have been a 
Short Thick Man. Short Thick Man, yeah. Yeah, and then the next one, he's just smashed it straight into the sight screen uh, towards the pavilion uh, for another six. Just, that's top class cricket. Um, And another thing that you could pick up today from being there was, yeah, you're defending two four five. Understandably, you're going to be pretty lively in the field, but the the lads were all over it in the field, um, taking some good catches, a direct hit run out as well, and very chipper as well in the field. There was uh, plenty of chat going around, and so good yeah. to see them like that. Absolutely, um, that shot McMullen played was the shot of the day. I hate to tell Ollie that, but it really was. It was something special, um, and this is. You know, I can't stress this enough. This was not against a bunch of clubbies from Italy who play on mat- matted wickets. And this this, this was against guys, a bowling attack, the predominant element of this bowling attack. I've got extensive professional cricketing experience. They're not jokers. They're not over the hill either by any stretch of the imagination. And some of the shots were on display were fantastic. And as you said, yeah, it was absolutely chipper in the field today. Um, was it Madsen who got a bit of a send-off? And there was a lot of bit of biting back. And to be honest with you, Italy were lucky they got up to 90. It was only thanks to Grant Stewart that they did that. Um, yeah. There were points where we were talking about whether Scotland could get the third biggest margin of victory ever in T20 cricket at one point. And I think it ended up being maybe you know, in the top 10 or whatever, but but it was a pretty convincing display all round, to say the least. <clears throat> absolutely, absolutely. Um, they roll on to play Austria tomorrow, um, which was uh, uh, another uh, big fixture for Scotland. Might see a few players come in. We heard whispers of it um, today, mate, so we might, we might see a couple of the, the lads that haven't played as much come in, which would be good to see, definitely. And hopefully they can uh, take take their opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. One person we did see today, Pete, and uh, didn't didn't manage to talk too long at all. Really, just a quick hello. But uh, it was a coach um, who I've not really talked much about, Doug Watson, who was um, you'd imagine he would be the masterminding what, what was going to happen, but no, he wasn't. The lads were out hitting balls, and he was basically fetching them from the from the bottom of the ground and rolling them back in. Um, but uh, a word for him, Pete. He's obviously looks like he's having a pretty good effect. Absolutely. Um, it's word word on the street is that he's an incredibly nice guy, and that not a soul. I think the quote was, "Not a soul in this world could ever fall out with Doug Watson," or or that words that effect. It clearly shows he's embracing the realism or realistic scenario that is coaching an associate nation because. Uh, yeah, he was hardly uh, hardly sitting in the ivory towers watching uh, on. It was a case of uh, being <laughs> the outfielder for the range hitting at the beginning of the morning, which um, is is just a real dis- great display of, I suppose, almost servant leadership. Um, and and you know that that in this day and age is definitely the way to go. And it seems like all the players are playing with a smile on their face. And yeah. Okay, it's not that it's probably very different for these guys having to play games where they are expected to win um, rather than playing against opposition where they're playing as the underdog and there's a sort of different sort of pressure. 
Um, but they're definitely playing with smiles on their faces. There's clearly a nice camaraderie in there. And I do think that despite the fact that, yeah, okay, the opposition is not as strong, but it's still quite strong. Some of these guys are putting performances in like that we've never seen before. Um, like Savali, Gavin Main, I've always thought he's an exceptional player, but getting a five for today deserves a lot of credit for that. And he seems to be coming in with a little bit more pace as well. The boys look a little bit better in the field as well. Um, and and it's just really good to see. So, um, so yeah, massive shout out to him. Yeah, I'll touch on the Gavin Main point. Yeah, he looks really good today. Um, he's always had that long... Uh, long run up, but like he was whipping it through pretty quick. Um, <clears throat> so a couple of good nuts to uh, get wickets as well, and yeah, deserved uh, five for as well. There, there can't be many times that players that score ninety six and five for in T twenties don't get the man of the match awards. But um, Ollie Hare's pipped him to it, and and deservedly so. Looked like he was uh, looked like he was quite fresh, mate, coming into that game. Um, it looked like he, he was happy playing his cricket as well. What's mm-hmm. the inside scoop on Hares and the return to form? Well, we will hope you know. Hopefully, we'll get to speak to him later on in this uh, in this series um, and find it out directly. I mean, I, I there's a, undoubtedly I feel you feel a kind of uh, a, a real satisfaction about his game right now. Um, and it was nice his his wife and children were there as well today. There were people there to support him. Um, and so I think that that's always massively reassuring and massively, you know, pleasing um, for him. There, there just seems to be that sort of freedom. There's not that. I, I think Ollie really embraces scoring runs against against you know maybe quicker bowlers, and 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 he loves that challenge, and that can only bode well. That's the sort of attitude that I think a number of our guys have got. They almost perform better the greater the quality of opposition and. If he just keeps going, you know, it's Austria tomorrow and probably by the time a lot of people are listening to this podcast, that game will have gone. And I think, I think the T20, if we bat first, the record will go. I think the record will go. I think Scotland will get more than 252 runs tomorrow um, if they bat first. Um, Because I think the tails are up for sure. You heard it here first, sports fans. Uh, just looking at the card there, uh, Pete, uh, only one over for Watty today, well, the first one, three overs for Grievo, so just four overs a spin, um, and they didn't take any wickets, but I will vouch for uh, Grievo today, he was, he was unlucky, um, and didn't, um, both, both quite consistent as well, managed to get it uh, up and straight and quick as well, so I'm sure I'm sure he'll uh, pick up some more wickets along the way. Um, but yeah, Hopefully, we'll, hopefully we saw a few of them uh, warming up towards the end. Actually, getting a net in there, so we spotted Hamza bowling, um, Big Adrian as well. Jarvo was batting, so yeah. Hopefully, a couple of them, and maybe in tomorrow to break the world record, eh, the Scottish record, the two five two. You fancy the world record? Do you? Aye, let's do go you, for the world yeah. record, mate. Yeah, let's world do record. That. I don't even know what that world record is, but you know, Golden Acre, in in the morning, short boundary. Why not? It's on. It's on. It's on. And then after we've uh, had the Austrians, it's the Danish. And then finally, Ireland in a sellout on Friday. All points towards uh, being the winner of that takes the tournament, really. Um, the Irish again winning today against Jersey. So that'll uh, hopefully, like Hoggy says, that'll be a proper game of cricket, I'm sure. 
absolutely. You know, Hoggy's probably ready to chime in then, you know, and uh, give his opinion on, uh, you know, on what he would consider to be a, a more of a classic clash. But I, 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 and this will probably be something that we talk about at the end um, of this series, but I want to sow the seed already. You know, the way that this sort of a tournament, it's short, it's sharp, but it involves, you know, it's involving seven different countries from across Europe. If you've got the Dutch in there, that would be an eighth. Why not? Why not have the English in there? I, you know, they don't have to put their first team. I don't know what it is, but a European competition like this that was over a week, week length in period, it would spread the game in Europe. It wouldn't, you know, pe- people would come out and watch it. It could really, really take off. They may say that international cricket's dead or not as good as franchise cricket, but for me, it's got so much more meaning to it when uh, when you're you're playing for that country. People can associate with that a little bit more. It'll grow the game in places like Scotland, where there's already a, a base, Ireland, Holland, but there's so much scope for development of this game in Italy, in Germany, in Austria, in Denmark. I think it's uh, it's been really good to see, and it's uh, and 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 I think it's got so much potential. I know it's only a qualifier, but I th- I've really enjoyed it so far. Yeah, absolutely, mate, absolutely. Um, yeah, a little Euro Cup once once every uh, year and squeeze it in the, to a week. It's definitely doable. Definitely doable. Um, don't know if we we get the English there, but. You like to think you get some type of. Uh, I remember back in the day it used to be like an ECB eleven or something they used to put up to to these kind of Euro Euro cups and things like that. But yeah, it certainly would. It certainly wouldn't do any harm, and it would maybe just lift the uh, interest from that side of the country, which probably isn't really tuning into these types of games. But um, yeah, more cricket, please. Um, Absolutely. And, and another thing, a little lesson for us uh, for us amateurs at halfway up middle next time, we'll probably like bring, you know, a dongle and uh, power packs and all these types of things. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe some branded merch to chuck around the place as well. But that's uh, that's all things for another day. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, but Pete, thank you for your time, mate, as always, and uh, thank you for your hospitality as well. You put me up over uh, over Sunday night sports fans. I was well looked after. Um, and back home up in Aberdeen now so thanks very much Pete and uh, if you you keep your uh, ears open folks you'll uh, listen to the quick interview we got with uh, Scotland's Chris so cheers Right, so good to have you with us here live on Halfway Up Middle who would have thought it Um, injured me what's happened yeah I've got a crack in my rib and a little uh, stress response in there from from batting, would you believe it? Trying to hit the ball to the moon. So, yeah, hit probably the biggest four of my career doing it. So yeah, no. But, uh, hopefully it heals up quick enough. Okay, okay. Able to do any training just now, or no, a bit of a rested? funny one. Ribs, are just you can't really do any rehab. You just got to leave them and hopefully get on the bike and do a little bit of running soon. But I'm sure the the Sports Institute of Scotland will look after me and get me up and running quick enough. Good mate. Um, obviously, growing up. Uh, sporting household, uh, mm-hmm. sporting idol growing up. Sporting idol growing up, that's a tough one actually. Cricket wise, it was probably Freddie Flintoff. Old battered, whacked it far. Didn't get, didn't really care about whatever he thought of him. Was pretty good on the lash as well. So yeah. uh, he was definitely up there. I reckon outside of, outside of cricket. 
Colin Montgomery on the golf course. Oh, yes. Monty, well. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, probably all the all the typical ones. Play a bit of golf. Try to, not very well. Handicap. Um, my golf clubs. Yeah, that's my <laughs> handicap. Um, no, I, I, I once got told you can't have a handicap above twenty if you're a professional cricketer. So, uh, I, I sit right on the border of that threshold. I think is probably Bandit. the honest truth. And obviously, you know, sporting family. You know, brother, obviously played for Scotland before. Old man, Scottish rugby legend. Done a bit. (laughs) Sister, netball player. Yeah, Yeah, okay. But besides your sister, who's who's the best netball player out of your brother or your dad? Brother or dad. It can't be my dad. He's a wee short ass. (laughs) (laughs) He's just had a hip replacement as well. Although he claims he'd be like. Yeah, specialist aggressive centre probably or something like <laughs> okay, that. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's a non-contact sport in netball. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, uh, so we'll go uh, changing room stories. So a bit of a quick fire uh, ones here. So um, Scotland players, who controls the tunes? It's Mark Watt. Oof. Although he's often late on tours because he's in other franchise competitions. So there's been a few people step in and they've been very good improvements which he's not liked he's not liked the feedback of, for other other DJs what sort of tunes is he putting on there uh, he's a real mixed bag he tries to cater to everyone which is tough to do I don't envy him but he does often get shouted at, get this tune off <laughs> and rooming partner Wattie is it as well yeah yeah yeah. I've had Wattie a fair bit over the years a bit Good of a mixture life. but Wattie more recently and what's his most annoying habit when it comes to being a roommate he's shook at snoring oh. it's absolutely horrendous <laughs> And he, and he likes it when he snores as well. <laughs> There's tours I've been on where he's been fine, or you tell him what are you snoring, and he'd wake up and go, yeah, yeah, good shout. Yeah, I'm snoring, sorry. <laughs> and roll over. And then other days he goes like a Dyson Hoover for the whole night. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow, okay. Uh, longest in the show? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a few of them take a while. Yeah, a lot of people like a long shower, actually. The bowlers like long showers usually after a long day in the, in the dirt. And who's kind of, you know, when we think about the changing room, sort of lazier, sleeping a lot, who's kind of coming out the dressing room last, who's turning up last, that kind of thing? Richie Barrington's always one of the last out. Takes forever to pack his kit. All right. And so Grievo will never leave him to himself as oh, well. So he'll, he'll sit there. Grievo's always last out onto the pitch, actually. I think he just sits there waiting for everyone to leave the change room so he can come out, oh, right. come out last. Okay. Obviously, you. majority of cricketers all wear the kind of gears, it's track suits that they're all going to away from that, who's got the worst, the worst clobber? Worst clobber. There's a lot of jeans and trainers were kicking around in the last mm-hmm. tour in Zimbabwe, I wasn't mm-hmm. very happy with. Yeah. Um, Any worst defenders? Leesky's got some shock. Leesky tries really hard. It's, yeah? it's admirable. It's because he's spending always the time with Julian. That's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, there's a few people. There's not a, a, an outstanding candidate no. for worst clubber. Yeah, it's a tough pick that one actually. Very generous. I'll have to come back to you on this. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a there's a group of probably four offenders that are all just as bad as each other. And you, you, you moving on, you played grade cricket in Australia, right? And obviously you've played East Premier League cricket here. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, in all honesty, how do those? How does that sort of? How does that compare? Uh, the biggest the biggest comparison. I think there's just as many talented cricketers in in Scotland who could go and do very well in those competitions but it's probably the the mentality in Australia yeah. like the they play bloody hard yeah. over there yeah um, 
and that, that was the biggest learning. I think it has probably helped me a lot over yep. the years and stuff. It's how hard they play the game. Um, it makes it even sweeter when you do get a win and get off the park. And get stuff. plenty of spray? I, the first season I played in this comp, I got loads of spray in the first game in the batting innings and I came in bold and I bowled rockets and <laughs> I didn't get <laughs> any spray up. for the rest of the competition. It was great. It was great. Um, Whereabouts were you in Oz? I was in Victoria. Right, okay. In Victoria there in a, in a town called Bendigo. Yeah. Nice. It was a lot warmer than this. I'll bet. I'll bet. How were the decks? Uh, yeah, good, good tracks. Fast, yeah, oh, bit of a mixed bag, but just across the board, a better, better, drier, harder wickets. Any proper clubbies that went on to kind of um, state stuff? I've or just, big I've just missed stuff? a couple. Todd, so Todd Murphy was in Bendigo, oh, yeah? so he's obviously in, in the Ashes yeah. team and stuff, or in and out at the minute. Mm. Nice ball. Um, I've only met him once. But okay, yeah, okay. Nice lad. Played against his brother a fair bit, but. Uh, no, he's always held in pretty high regard around the competition. So I'm conscious of time because that, that second innings is starting right now. So, but I've got one another important question. See, Franco's is just around the corner here. Okay, if you're going to Franco's after a game, what's your order? Uh, it's got to be a fish supper. Fish, fish supper. supper. Although it's new owners now, it's slightly different. Vin- Vincenzo used to be in charge there. He used to run them round a pint from here and uh, after a Saturday game, usually half cut by then. Yeah. <laughs> and it took me about six six years to realise that I didn't drink each time. And I was oh, bringing, no <laughs> bringing round a pint. For it. <laughs> What's, uh, what are you drinking with your fish supper? What would you have? What's your beverage? Um, back back in those days, it would have been an Amstel and more a pint of Guinness, man. Now these days. Oh, hey, Love growing it. into it, uh, showing your age. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Uh, any chasers? Uh, just the fish and chips. Just the fish and chips. Yeah, yeah just like the fish it. and chips. Yeah. Keep it plain and simple. Perfect. Last one before we go, mate. Favorite domestic cricket ground in Scotland? Scotland Other than here. Uh, Crassy. Here we go. Club up on Balmoral. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Jeez, what did you end up playing We used to have a family farm up in Aberdeenshire, oh, so class. summer holidays I'd nip along and I'd get a lift down down the road to go I'll play there. Have a pie with Prince Charles. Yeah, let the Queen then. come out to yeah. her morning mass and we'd scoot in and I've hit, I hit a couple of the Queen's ponies at the time, actually. <laughs> wow. I'm sure if she'd found that out at the time, probably wouldn't have been that impressed. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. That's superb. Thank All you good. very much. Thanks, Thanks for having me on, Cheers, Top man. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.